week at Missouri Politics Midweek Update. Now, your boy here knows something about fun and it's the state of the state, right? It has been three years of pretty boring state of the state since the most interesting state of the state in the history of uh, mankind. And any side, I would put every state state of the state up against the drama of the 2018 Missouri state of the state. And they came, they, the show me state knows what's up. Uh, welcome in. I'm uh, Scott Fon. This is uh, my trusty uh, Scott and Knowledge. Let me take a tug on this because you're going to hear a good story today. Tastes good. Tastes good. So, um, great state of the state day. The speech was, well, I mean, no one's going to care about the speech. It was fine. Mike Parsons loves Missouri. He does common sense things to try to make the state better. And he talked about that for about 50 minutes. He recognized some folks. Yeah, yeah. No, that ain't the, that ain't the story. The story is kind of the intersection of paranoia and incompetence. Um, someone predicted the pattern of this would begin to develop. And you saw it a little bit with the speaker made a speech about how I'm going to we'll work through everything. Then cope. And you had some members that would reach out. They'd probably tell me what I wanted to hear. And so this is done. You know, you had a, a rational person who could make arguments about canceling sessions. But when you work in, it kind of had something to do with, oh, they want their own COVID test clinic, right? Well, some folks thought that might make it look like they were getting special treatment. And there are some, not, not your old hobo pal, some folks think that maybe some House members, this is the only time they're going to have power in life, and they might try to make it into a bigger deal than it is and want things like their own cops and their own, you know, their own uh, subpoenas and their own testing clinics. And and they kind of think that it's, um, they, they, they kind of make themselves like mini Nancy Pelosi. They want to investigate people and stuff. Well, one of the easiest things to do, Speaker of the House is a very hard job, extremely hard job. One of the easiest things to do as Speaker of the House is you host a state of the state. It basically consists of sitting and clapping. And you get it set up there with Mike Kehoe, one of the greatest statesmen in the state, and the governor, and you look like a big deal, and it's a, it's a truly, it's a time-honored tradition of Missouri. And it really, I mean, the governor has to give the speech, and the speaker's kind of sits there in class, right? Elijah Hart pulled it off fine twice. Bob Richardson did three in a row, no problem. Deal did them. They, they really weren't, uh, uh, it's never been that hard, right? So this year, somehow, it becomes hard. And, you know, the way this goes down is doing a set in the state's kind of a big deal. You looked up there in the state gallery, which was packed. You saw a bunch of TV cameras and stuff, and, and people come in and give this attention to the state. So there's, like, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, right? So they get in there, and they're doing their preparations. And, about, and the Senate gets an escort committee, and the House gets one. And then at 10 o'clock, uh, maybe between 10 and 10.30, the Speaker's office... Sentence notifies the governor that he can't come and do the state of the state. And they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And finally, the speaker says, well, you can come, but it's got to be an empty room. Now, now, mind you, while they're saying this, the House chamber has 163 reps in it. And staff and the, you know, it, it's a pretty full room, right? While he's saying, you can be in the chamber, but you can't. You can't have anybody else in the chamber. They wanted to have it just like the liberal states do. Just one governor in a room, a little camp webcam or telephone, I don't know, whatever. But it kind of liked how they do it in California and New York and um, other liberal places where they get all triggered about COVID. 
So while this is going on, the House chamber is full. They're voting on stuff. They're taking. They're actually passing bills, passing adoption bill or foster care bills in the day. So that while while you're saying you can't come in the chamber, you can't bring, I don't know, two three dozen senators and your cabinet. You can't add them to this. The place is full. So, you know, then the back and forth start. Well, the full leader doesn't really get told a lot, or the speaker pro tem. The minority leader doesn't get told anything. There's rumors the Democrats aren't going to show up. So, well, they weren't even told anything was happening. She had no idea. Then, in the midst of all this, there's an email goes out that says, folks that are in the designation of your, I don't know, COVID stuff, but if you're older, you got some conditions, you can get your vaccine. Kind of like Mike's here point older, could get a vaccine, right? So 97 and older. Uh, somehow that gets sent out, uh, and, and one person reads it as, it wasn't written maybe as specifically as it should have been, that only for the intended recipient. So before you know it, the whole capital thinks you get a vaccine, right? So everybody shows up over at the Capitol Plaza getting their vaccines. Now, you can't, it, it, it is, defies logic to say, well, the House chamber can't have people in it because you've got, because we, we've, we've got a full House of Reps, but we can't add a few folks for the state of the state that Missourians have somehow, the Missouri Speaker has pulled off pretty flawlessly by sitting and clapping for decades and decades and decades of our state. I mean, you know, Eric Greitens somehow gave a state of the state and Todd sat there and clapped while Eric Greitens told them all they were really unethical. Um, it, it, it is able to, you're able to do this. So while the chamber's full, then everybody's getting vaccinated. Then you're saying the governor can't give the speech that you know happens once a year at 3 o'clock. So they go back and forth and try to negotiate something. And like every problem in state government, who has to go deal with it? Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown gets put in the middle of everything. He has to try to find a way to get this done. Finally, you know, the, the offer, they offered some different dates, and the governor's like, no, we're doing it today. This is the day. Well, the Senate's probably like, this is ridiculous. You can just come to the Senate chamber and do this speech. Thinking that now this would, the logjam would break. Nope. Uh, as you saw in the dumbest, most ridiculous thing, they moved the state of the state to the Senate chamber, which what's the governor supposed to do, right? He's going to give a state of the state like he pledged the state he's going to do. So then they, uh, the floor leader and the speaker pro tem are like, I, you know, we're not really... They're not really consulted about this, and then it becomes some sort of, like, chest-thumping. And so, finally, the Senate just goes, okay. And you kind of had a group of people get together of Senator Schatz and Senator Rowden and Weeman and Dean Plocker and someone from the governor's office, and they're like, okay, you know, this is insane, but we're going to try to compensate for whatever's going on there. And they tried to put out a statement that was... um. It's just ridiculous. It said, I mean, I felt bad for them, but what they were doing was trying to cover the speaker. And there's sort of a wink and a nod developing between people of, well, maybe he's not up to it, so let's just try to keep the state good. I'll tell you who looked good today. Elijah Hart. What y'all saw today and the result of it is what Elijah Hart's been dealing with for two years. I guarantee you, somewhere in a law firm in Springfield, Elijah Hart finally kicked back a little bit and smiled. like, oh, now they get to see what I've been dealing with. So they, they end up moving the thing to the Senate chamber, right? So you go to the Senate, and the lieutenant governor's there, and, and they can't call the Senate because it's not a joint session. Just the Senate's hearing an address from the governor. And you have, 
You have the floor leader and the speaker pro tem, and I don't know, 40 House members, the minority leader, they are all statesmen. They show up to the state of the state because that's what statesmen do. And uh, they clap, and they're supposed to clap, and, you know, something tells me Dean Plock is going to be able to pull this off in two years. I think he can pull off a state of the state. Maybe he needs an Uber app to walk him through it. But I bet you Dean Plocker can pull off, if they put it in there, sit here, clap now, I bet, yeah, but he can do it. So they all show up and stand in the back. And so it's, it, this statement about COVID, look, everything about COVID is is whatever you want to make it. There's no reason logic to COVID anymore, really. I mean, but to say we're worried about COVID, so we're going to have this speech in a smaller room and push everybody shoulder to shoulder, I, I, there's no reason in logic to this. It's just you have four legislators trying to cover for one legislator that maybe isn't up to this job. Um, so the governor gives a speech. It's fine. It's great. Whatever. And now you're seeing like every rep is like, this is so dumb. And of course, every senator is like, this is why this is the most house thing we've ever seen. And house members have to go, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think any house member thought, hey, this, we look good here. We showed the governor and the Senate this time. No, everybody knew this was a train wreck that was just the USS house just looking awful. And the pattern will continue. Maybe it doesn't, but it's, this is a little predictable. If you kind of see what was happening, and again, I look back and I see Elijah Hart, and if I'm Elijah Hart, I'm like, yep, you miss me now, don't you? And if you're Caleb Brown, you're like, oh my God, this is the next two years of my life. Just every week. All stems from somehow the speaker thinks he's been offended or not respected enough, or somehow someone doesn't hold their mouth right when they talk to him. So, the governor's office now, I, I think what you might see coming out of this debacle is Plocker, Weeman, Schatz, Routen kind of coming up with ways to kind of work around the problem. Uh, and the irrelevancy of the speakership. The speakership is like a, a sand dial. Immediately when you name committees, sand starts falling out. And it happens to all of them. With the, It didn't happen to Elijah as much because of COVID. It didn't happen to Todd as much because there was a constitutional crisis. Then you see the sand falls out. And it falls out, and it's tough. Deal didn't have a second year. But it, I'm telling you, the, the patterns repeat themselves. This one may fall out a little quicker than you think with just goofy stuff like this. So the vaccines, tons of folks got them. Now let me paint you a picture. I don't know if this happened or not. Hypothetically speaking, let's say you throw a big fit and yet you won't go to the state of the state. But you do go get in line and jump line in front of healthcare workers. The St. Louis County cops don't even have vaccines. You jump in front of cops and nurses and you get your arms stuck. And then you can't even go to the state of the state. What you're paid to do, your job. That's what you're paid for. Mm, I'm sure that didn't happen, right? I'm sure it didn't happen. But if it did, huh, what a lousy some bitch would have to actually jump ahead of a cop or a nurse or a teacher and then not even show up to do your job that you got vaccinated for. I'm sure it didn't happen, but boy, if it did, what a, what a story that'd be. Yes, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. But what a, you know, the speech itself, you know, the governor, I saw the, um, the liberal folks talked about how Medicaid, he was able to fund it, but the state's kind of propped up with federal money right now. It may work out great on the Medicaid expansion thing. Maybe the perfect time to have done it. 
I, I've never been the most anti-Medicaid expansion person. I think there's, if it makes sense business-wise, you do it. So we'll see what happens. But um, but I think uh, the speech itself was fine. Uh, you know, it, Mike Parsons gives a good speech. He he does a good job staying within himself. He talks about Missouri and how much he loves it and what he thinks pragmatically and logically you could do. So uh, I thought his his say the same speech was fine. But boy, and he, he looked normal. I mean, he how many hours did he say that dies? I mean, good Lord. Peter Kinder, toward the end of his term as lieutenant governor, was not known for spending huge amounts of time in the dais. Mike Parsons was in that dais all the time. Now, he didn't get to be lieutenant governor very long, as it turned out. But by God, he logged the hours in that dais. It looked normal to see him up there. I was waiting for Paul Williams to go, Mr. President, and, and stand up and grab his attention. Uh, but, but alas, he didn't. So if you got to see the speech, it was, it was fine, as the legislative leadership minus one got to see the speech. And uh, you saw a lot of folks that are traditional statesmen, historians, they showed up and they uh, watched the governor give his speech. It, it was true that there was some folks missing from the Senate because of COVID. Um, I heard of people, uh, some people asked me about uh, Senator Rizzo, and I'll just tell you. Um, to be very clear, like at the inauguration, Senator Rizzo has a stomach issue that makes him more... Um, at risk for COVID than some other folks. So if you don't see him at something, uh, it's not, he's not playing some game. It's that he has a legitimate reason he has to be very careful. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a disrespect or anything like that. He's not that guy. It's just he's got a, a medical condition where he has to be very, very careful. Uh, he would be in the group that, that would be eligible for the vaccine now uh, because of it. And he doesn't, you know, he's not, he's not a victim guy. He doesn't go around whining about it. Uh, you probably would, that's why you wouldn't know, but there is, there's a reason and it's not anything off kilter. It's strictly, it's strictly that. So, um, it will be interesting to see the fallout of this. The fallout probably is more victimhood and whining on one side and, and probably just the other four kind of starting to come up with ways to just make sure things happen kind of around the, the problem. Because uh, I, if I had to guess, you've just seen the beginning of paranoia. After the disaster of today, after the the house showed up anyway, mm, but the paranoia is uh, peak, peak paranoia now, boy. <laughs> uh, I'll probably have two bills filed about me now after this. <laughs> I'll be outstanding. <laughs> he won't pay him anyway. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about what else went on uh, this week. Uh, the House did move out some bills quick uh, about kids, uh, adoption stuff. Um, they uh, they moved those right on through. The Senate, I think, was going to do COVID liability, but I'm not sure. Uh, I asked uh, Cinder Rowden on the show last week where he talked about, um, uh, he talked about uh, he's not going to move bills when folks want to talk about them but can't because of COVID. And I think that's a, that's a reality that, um, uh, that, he's, that it would be hard to do COVID liability with some of the senators that are out either in quarantine or have been tested positive for COVID. Um, so that would be an interesting uh, interesting dynamic, How they, what they choose to do. They still want to try to do charters, but really the people that are going to filibuster charter expansion is probably going to be some Republicans. So if they're there, you know, you could probably make a better faith point that, you know, you could still have that debate. And a lot of these Senate bills, just because they go to it that night, doesn't mean a lot of times it's early in session, they'll go to a bill for six, seven hours, and lay it over to come back to it. So I, I don't know if you'll see COVID liability. That's what they, that's teed up and ready to go. Um, but it's, and then, you know, 
Senator O'Loughlin has her education bill that she kind of took Senator Ives and put it into hers. It's ready to go. Kind of like Senator Luftemeyer took Senator White's bill and plugged it into his. And so it's uh, the way those done, Luftemeyer and O'Loughlin's bills are up. But I, I don't, I would, uh, like I told you before, a lot of people tell me I'm not going to use this virus to move an agenda. I'd be like, yeah, right. If Caleb Brown says that, it's probably, you could probably take that to the bank. So it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting what happens. Uh, but interesting state to state that by far the most interesting since uh, the the most interesting one ever. This has not even touched the other one. But I did put my church car heart on uh, to go watch the state of the state like I always do. Uh, try to look nice for folks. Uh, and I do have my dip in because it was one of those days where maybe a dip's necessary, right? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, then on the show we will have Governor Parson on the show. We're going to record at the state capitol tomorrow be on Sunday, and then we will have, uh, following uh, that, we'll have the show Missouri next week from Phelps County. We're going to talk all about Phelps County. Uh, uh, we got the commissioners there. we got Senator Brown's going to come. I might even go uh, to St. James. They have the best marquee, a stag beer lighted marquee in St. James. Used to have the biggest ball of twine in the world there at that bar in St. James, but they don't. But they do have, in St. James, two flag stores. Sometimes they even got a flag store. St. James, you got two flag stores. All about it. If you got a question for the governor, send it to me tonight. I'd love to hear some uh, some folks and some questions that we could that we could post to him. I'll ask you about the vaccine thing. Um, but I'd love to have some of your questions about um, anything from the speech. Wayfair is interesting to me. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I probably will ask him about um, how he ended up giving the speech in the Senate. Uh, I doubt he'll answer it uh, with any story like I just told you. But uh, I'll probably ask him and uh, just see what he says. Um, but anyway, going to be it's uh, it's proving that Missouri politics. You know, when people said you're starting newspaper, come Missouri politics, they're like, there's not enough things to talk about. And I'm like, eh, maybe not. Wow, there has been no doubt about it. Going to be an interesting session, and COVID may be one of the more boring things we talk about. Thank you guys very much, and I'll see you Sunday on this week in Missouri politics.